0: Have your Bible's turned with me to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, book of Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> we all want our lives to matter. And it's the reason the things that we do the things that we do. We chase promotions and perhaps leadership positions because we want to make a difference. We encourage our kids to get a good education go to college, get a good job, make lots of money. And the reason we want to make lots of money in hopes that one day they will support us parents. (laughs) No, because we, we want their lives to matter as well and make a difference. At the end of our lives, we want to look back in our sunset years and believe that our lives counted for something of value. Perhaps uh, leaving a legacy, improving our world for our kids and for our grandkids, making our community a better place. There's nothing wrong with having that desire or or even having wealth or influence, but those things alone won't change the world. They aren't what we are made for. I want you to turn into the book of Ephesians chapter 4 because it gives us a hint, not just a hint, but a a proclamation that this is what we were made for and this is what will make a difference, not only in our lives, but in other lives as well in our world. In the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, it's a local church Letter given, and Paul addresses some things, and he tells some some wonderful instructions. Great book of of Ephesians, and and he begins. Let's start reading in in chapter uh, four and verse eleven. He's talking about the church, and and he says in the church, he says, and he gave and he himself gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are the gifts of Christ to the church given to the church. And so he's describing this. And we go to verse 12, for for the equipping, what was the reason for the equipping of the saints for the work of a ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. We talked about the body of Christ and what that means. This church is the body of Christ. All New Testament churches are the body of Christ. And so the responsibility, the pastors and the gifts, was to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This is what we're made for. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. There's a process. There's a growth. There's a spiritual growth. We don't automatically come out perfect, but we mature, we grow, and to eventually we become more and more like Jesus Christ. And the body of Christ grows to be the image as, as best as its ability to, to grow and to that point um, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit is to become like Jesus Christ. And so we come to that place. That's our goal. So we're made, God has made us to build in the body of Christ, to build the church. Now, why the church? You see, Important thing is to understand the church, the church is the vehicle to change the world. I know it's God, I know it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, but God has given this as a vehicle to change the world. It's the hub of God's activity for this generation. This is what the apostles caught. And they carried out the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. And when they would go to a community in the, such as the, of Ephesus, and they would establish a church because knowing that is going to be the vehicle that's going to um, uh, grow and to uh, impact that community, to change the community from darkness to light. And that was the message of the Great Commission. Church- is God's answer to make a better world. It's his plan to change the world, to have churches be implanted in each community and them changing that community. And communities are being changed from darkness to light. And not just giving them food and clothing and shelter, and those are all good things, but the gospel of Christ is preached where lives are being transformed. I want to tell you, there's people here that could stand up right now and say, you know, because of the testimony and the witness of this church and what God has done through this church, I am here, I am a believer, and God has changed my life in a dramatic way. We have those testimonies. This church has this testimony, has a wonderful legacy of people being changed uh, for the kingdom of God. Now, with this God has made each of us with a unique talent and personality and skill set, and when we ask Jesus into our lives, he has given us at least one gift, a spiritual gift, a spiritual gift, and and that is to be used in the body of Christ. Listen, we get the most joy and make the biggest difference in our lives when we use our God-given talents and gifts and abilities to build the church. As a church, is a vehicle that makes a difference in every community. God has given each of us a gift. Later on, it goes on down in verse 16. It says that from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its shares causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Now, I know there's a lot packed into that verse, but let me just say a couple things with that. First of all, as we talked about uh, the church, how that our connection with the church supplies what we need to grow, and what we have helps other peoples to grow. That's that body. That's that health. That's that life-giving connection that we have in the body of Christ, and also, it says here, every part does its shares. So God has equipped us, given us uh, gifts so that we have something. You have something that we need. We do our part. Every person does their part, and it's a beautiful thing when that happens. So let's back up a little bit. In 2019, we have challenged you to increase your love for God and for people. First of all, get linked to a church. Let's talk about a commitment, a church body. That's a church membership to get and the way that you do that around here is that you just fill out that connection card, mark it on that I'm interested in it, and we'll have a conversation about what that would mean. The second thing is that we challenged last week and Kevin did a wonderful job with that, is in small groups. And, and, and how powerful that they change us and, and how they, that, that is a, a wonderful tool that God has given us and that we join the small groups and, and, and be a part of somebody. And, and not just coming on Sunday morning and, uh, and just having those, those brief connections, but being in a group where you're doing life together. And I love what Kevin said this morning. It, it doesn't have to be... Here at the church property, it doesn't have to be formal. It could be... I've had, I've had small groups where we've met at, um, believe it or not, that, that holy religious place called Starbucks. <laughs> we had one in Monroe, Washington. And it was a men's group. And we would meet uh, about 9 o'clock every Sunday morning. And we would talk about the Bible, and we would share about life. And it was a wonderful thing that we came together and and did that. And uh, out of that, a a man named Mario, who lives in Mexico right now, became a believer in Jesus Christ through that Bible study. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, and and so it's it's fluid. It, It can be... I, you, you could even, as what it said, have, have a football. I was involved in one in Astoria, Washington, uh, Oregon, in one, and we called it the Hamburger Club. I like hamburgers. And every month, we would meet with a group of guys, and we would pick at different restaurants, and we would critique their hamburgers. Seriously. But then we would also talk about life. We had a missionary that was involved in, in this group, and he would share some stories and testimony, and it inspired us and challenged us, and we'd pray for one another. It was just a, you can do all kinds of those, those things uh, to, to just to meet, to, to talk about God, and to help each other in life. You see, I know that there are some really heavy things that are going on in some people's lives here this morning. Now, how are we to find those things out? can can we can we really know what's going on in your life? Can you really know what's going on in my life if all we have is just a brief connection on Sunday morning? And listen, we're here for you. And we want to encourage you to be involved in these small groups because life can get heavy. Life can get messy. And you say, "Well, everything's going fine with me." And am so I understand, but listen, Small groups are, are just as important as for what you get out of them as what you put into them. Because people need your encouragement, your experience. Some of you have gone through some things that have been heavy and, and that, that uh, you've gone through it, and, and you know as you come out on the other side of what that looks like. And that is a huge blessing for others as they go through that. Some of you have gone through divorce. Some of you have gone through lost loved one. Some of you have gone through sickness. Some of your relatives are sickness. And you know what that means, and you know what that experience is, and you know what that feels like, and you know what helped you. We need that. I need that as well. I need that as well. Well, today is going to be a different challenge. And um, there is going to be a little test at the end. The challenge today is to serve in a ministry, to be a servant. And if you attend um, SCC regularly, we thank you, we encourage you. You encourage us by your presence, we're glad. But my friend, you are not made just to sit in a pew every Sunday, you are made to serve. God has put something in you that is to be exercised, and it will impact other people's lives. It'll make this ch- church healthier. It'll bless our community as we use those gifts for God's glory. God has equipped you at least one gift. So today, I want to sh- share some of the things that would be a blessing, a benefit of serving in a ministry. And at the end of the service today, here's the test. I'm gonna hand out um, a piece of paper, a slip of paper that um, identifies all the ministries that you could serve in. And we want you to consider and pray about being involved in one of those ministries, taking your gifts and taking who you are, and your resources, and use that for God. And we're gonna challenge you to do that in the, the services. So you can be ready for the test, all right? I'm going to give you eight blessings we experience by serving others. And I know that that's eight, and so you know we're going to have to go fast. But first of all, eight blessings we, we experience by serving others. Number one, serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. What I mean by this, there's a process. You say, well, what is my spiritual gift? Here's the thing. Uh, there are some spiritual tests that you can, you can uh, go online and, and take them. But what I found, the, the best way to, to discover your spiritual gifts are by experience of life. And they are developed through use. You, you don't discover your gifts, um, then you use them. And you know, don't I say, well, okay, all right, I will do this when I first learned how to do my spiritual gifts. And, and you know, otherwise in the Bible, there would be some kind of test with that. I think God put in his word very clearly, He'll say, oh, use your, your spiritual gifts. And it really doesn't factor in of, okay, there's a test. Okay, so I can, I, I can know my, my spiritual gifts, and then I'm going to do that. No, I think the, the best way is, is that you start serving, you start asking you start praying and in that process you understand well you good i'll tell you one of the things that that it, i don't have a spiritual gift of working with children i have learned that that my spiritual gift is not teaching 2 or 3 year olds i just don't have that gift i just don't have that connection it just doesn't fit i'm like a, a round peg in a square hole it just is frustrating to them and to me. I just don't do it. Now, some of you are great with that. And you've learned that. That's just been a passion. And you just, you just excel in that. That's a process that you go and, and you learn uh, what your gifts are. Listen, they are not known until you take a step of faith and trust the leadership of God. You know, everything that we do with God, when God asks, there's always a step of faith involved. If we knew exactly what our spiritual gifts were, and we would say, okay, I know that what this is, and you know, and, and, and you, you go with it. Yeah. But, but in the process, there is some step of faith. There is something that you have to say, okay, God, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to trust you And God, it seems that you're leading this way, and so I'm going to go for it. And then you understand uh, and you trust God, and God develops and works that out. Some of you are wondering what my gifts are. But if you never take that step of faith and try a ministry, you'll never know. And we're pretty relaxed. If you sign up something, if you don't, if it doesn't fit, that's okay. You go with something else. You go with something else because we want where God wants you to be, and we know that God has equipped you for certain things, and he's not equipped us to do everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 compares the church to human body, and there are different parts and specific functions. The church is made up of beautiful people with different skills and abilities, and alone these pieces, alone, by themselves, these pieces aren't very useful, but together we create something beautiful. And I love what God's doing in our church. I love how people are stepping up and serving. I love how how that that's happening, and praise God for that. Number two, serving allows us to experience miracles. In John chapter two, you remember the story when Jesus was at the at the wedding there, and 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 the, and, the, and the, they ran out of wine, and Jesus, you know, told the servants, "Go get the water," and he turns the water into wine, and and we know that <clears throat> and. and and we did it. it was the servants who experienced the people that attending um, didn't know really know what was going on but it was the in crowd it was the servants it was the thing that they were doing for Jesus that blessed the other people and they were the one that truly received the greatest blessings because they knew exactly what happened i'm sure they told everybody eventually but they were the ones that uh, uh, were involved in that miracle Serving allows us to experience miracle. This is true when we go, oh, it's exciting. When you serve and when you get involved in something, you see God working and, and you see Him using your gifts and what you have. It's an amazing thing when you take that water yourself and He turns it into something special. It's a wonderful thing. Number three, serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience. We sang about that song earlier. It allows us to experience the joy and peace because it's a fit. It's what God tells us to do. And there's always joy that comes when we follow his word. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Actually, serving is a form of worship gratitude, expressing what Christ has done for us, and sharing his love and grace, what has been given to us. Number four, serving helps us to be more like Jesus. We shift our focus off ourselves onto others through serving. And this is exactly what Jesus, Jesus was the greatest service. We begin to see others as Jesus see them and and you remember when Jesus was there and he brought the disciples there in the last few remaining days here upon this earth, and he brought the disciples together. And you remember the great act of, of uh, great act of uh, humble servant, how he came and took the disciples' feet and he washed them. He washed those feet. And they said, you know, do this example, be like this servant. Jesus truly was a great example as a servant. It causes us to be more like Jesus. You're never more like Jesus when you're serving. That's what Jesus did. He came to serve. Number five, serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. When you're working side by side with people, a bond, uh, a team uh, develops Whatever ministry you are, you, you're, you're connected in that, and that helps us to follow Jesus Christ. That is a blessing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, instructs us to spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. And through that connection of serving together, of serving and using our gifts in, in that ministry, we are spurred on We spur others on through serving together. Number six, serving increases our faith. We move out of our comfort zone. God increases our faith by revealing new potential in ourselves and His church. We are sitting here and say, you know, that's a scary thing for me to get involved and to serve. I don't know if I can do that but it increases your faith as you move forward and follow uh, Jesus. Number seven, serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Encouragement and healing go hand in hand. And as we encourage others, they find healing. We're encouraged. It's the reason so many people who go on mission trips, and when they go on mission trips, or or they visit a person in a hospital, or they do something that, that uh, take care of a need and so forth, and they come away. And here's what we say. I feel more blessed from me from what I received by doing that act of kindness, by serving, by going to that mission field. I come back charged. I I went to be a blessing, and it came back feeling like I got the greater blessing, the bigger blessing. Allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Eight, serving is good for your soul. We hear this all the time studies have shown that volunteering is so good for the mind and body that it can ease symptoms of stress and depression when you come out of yourself and you start focus on others it's a good thing so when we tap into our our gifts and passions you god does something in us and it builds us this this energy and this strength, and, and, and we know that God is using us, and, and, and our value of who we are and our confidence goes up because God is using us when we serve. Serving others can also be the best distraction from our own worries, from what we're going through. When, when we hear and we learn and we get involved in people that are in need and are suffering, it seems like our suffering kind of like takes a back seat, because we're here, and we're, we're there for the others. So our challenge is to be involved in serving, have a servant's heart. And we can make all kinds of rational things of why we shouldn't be involved, why we shouldn't serve. I don't have time. I, I don't know what to do. I don't have special skills to contribute. Uh, you know, they don't need me. But the reality is, God has called us, and who he calls, he's already equipped. He wants us to serve. When we think of people in the Old Testament, in the Bible, of, of, of how Moses, and Moses was, was called, you know, by the burning bush, you know, and, 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 and he felt like he didn't have anything to offer, and, and, and yet he was willing to go, and God equipped him to do a great thing. We think of David, you know, and a little shepherd boy, David, and, and how that he didn't have nobody he was willing to go, and God used him and raised up a king. Think of Paul, Paul who wrote the book of Ephesians, writing right in that letter inspired by God, and how that he... He was one who killed Christians, but he went on and became one of the most highly regarded and prolific writers in the New Testament and church planner in history. And he was one who first killed Christians. If there was ever excuse or reason why he couldn't be in that position of being a blessing to others, especially to Christians, Paul could, uh, call, Paul could identify with that. Paul could say, God, you, can you really use me? Yes, he can, and he wants to. He wants to. I remember when I was about fourteen years old. I was wrestling with things about life, and and I was like at I was like at this at this crossroads, and and, and the crossroad and the tension was, am I going to give my life and serve God? And I remember going through all this. And, and, and whether it's going to yield myself or I was going to just go along with my friends, my close friends, and just you know go down the path of doing whatever they wanted to do in life. And I remember crossing roads and wrestling with this and praying about this. And somebody asked me to join a choir, a church choir. We had a church choir. <clears throat> and now you have to understand, I'm not a singer. <laughs> Those that have heard me sing, you'll say, "Yeah, you're not a singer. That's not your gift." But it was in my mind. Okay, I, I said that you know I could use, I could at least you know, follow somebody in singing, and and and, and I remember a Sunday night we had Sunday night service, and I remember, in in. Contemplating and thinking about that, and, and I was just sitting, standing there at the back, and I was there by myself, and the choir was going, and they had choir practice before church, and and for several Sunday nights I would go through this, you know, maybe I should go and join the choir and and start using my life to count for God, for God. And I remember walking on a Sunday night while the choir was still in session. Nobody was just twisting my arms or anything, but I remember just saying, "Okay, God, uh, I, I'm going to be used of you, whatever that may look like. And if it's singing in a choir, I'm going to sing in a choir, even whatever it is." And I remember walking down that aisle, coming up in front of everybody, and getting up in the choir and sitting down and started to sing. For me, that was a turning point in my life. Am I going to serve God? Am am I going to get involved with his church, with the commission of his church? It was a defining moment in my life. So I'm going to say to you today, I am a pastor today because I joined a choir at 14 years old. Now, I'm no longer on the worship team. They don't allow me to be on the worship team. I'm no longer on that path of being in my, my, my evangelist singing ministry. It just didn't work. But here's the thing. I was willing to serve. And if, and if God could use me in that area, I was willing to go. And that's the way I've lived my life. Hasn't always been perfect. And we've had lots of talks, and there were times of tension, of following God. But I am a pastor today because I was willing, at the ages of 14, to say, okay, God, I'm yours. Use me however you want to use me. How do we step up and serve in a ministry? I want to give you three points and finish closing. The first thing is you've you got to have a funeral for yourself. <laughs> you got to die to yourself. you got to die to your plans and your goals. You can't live for yourself and say, I'm going to serve others. Think about this. Nature, nothing in nature lives for itself. And we believe that God has created nature. Nothing in nature lives for itself. Rivers don't drink their own waters. Trees don't eat their own fruit. The sun doesn't shine for itself. A flower's fragrance is not for itself. Living for each other is nature's rule. And so, my friend, you're here today, and it is God's rule, but God's leadership for you to live for others because you have something that is valuable and helpful for others. The second thing is we serve through the strength of Christ. It's God, through his gifts, his grace, his mercy, we lean into him to serve. So don't let that resonate that you have heard that you are no good, that you can't do this. Listen, we have failed. But Christ has never failed, and when we lean into him, we gather his strength, we work through his power and through his strength through the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is this, be movable. Be movable. When Jesus wanted to serve mankind, he was willing to come from the throne of heaven and come and be among us. And it is said, Jesus came to serve. Be movable. Be willing to move wherever you are. If you're planted in a television and on on that couch or whatever, and, and there's a ministry going on, be willing to move from that spot and be active into a ministry. Be willing to move from where you are and be involved in a ministry. Let's Bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God who not just tells us what to do, but clearly gives us a pattern and example to follow in the precious name and life of Jesus Christ you came to serve and it was because of your willingness to serve even to obedience to the cross we have hope, we have life we are blessed and you turn around and ask us to follow your footsteps and we do that and we receive a blessing but Just as you have come to serve, you did it for others. And we do the same for others as well. And Father, I pray that those among us who are serving, that we continue to serve and be encouraged, how that this is what God has called us and, and he wants us to continue to be faithful in our service. I pray for those who are here that are wrestling with moving forward in their commitment, their walk with you, and then just to give of themselves to others in a ministry. And so, God, would you just press upon us right now? what we need to do with this, and help us to be movable, be willing to follow your leadership. We ask this according to your will and your plan, aligning ourselves up to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.